Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayerful attention to our first reading, Isaiah chapter 50, and reading for our text, verse 4. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning, he wakeneth mine ear to hear as the learned. Isaiah 50 and verse 4, it is specifically the words, a word in season, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. A word in season. We'd remember that Isaiah prophesied some 700 years before our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ came to this world, and some hundred years before Babylon came, Nebuchadnezzar, and destroyed Jerusalem, or at least first came and took away the first captives. The message to the people of Israel was really a challenge, challenging them as as if they were, which the Church of God is, the Bride of Christ, and he is the Bridegroom, And here the chapter begins with a challenge to them whether they were able to produce a bill of divorcement and whether the Lord really had put them away. How often it is emphasised in the word of God that we are not to give up. We are not to say there is no hope. Israel did say that. Many times in the word we have uh, the complaint of the church of God. We only need to go back to the previous chapter, chapter 49, and we hear what Zion is saying in verse 14. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. And the Lord's answer was, Can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb. Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. And so uh, the Lord challenges Israel. Instead of uh, just giving up, instead of saying the Lord has forsaken them, that they are to remember that he hasn't forsaken them. And yet when he was calling for them, when he sent his word to them, they did not answer, they did not hearken unto the word at all. And so then the Lord turns and, you know, we would remember that with Israel in all of those times, those black and dark times, even those times when Manasseh was king, yet, uh, and and. Uh, This was, of course, to come after Isaiah's time, after Hezekiah. It was Hezekiah's son, Manasseh. But in all of these times, the Lord had his people and those that were groaning under the sins and under the things of the nation. And and there is a, a blessing pronounced on those that sigh and cry 
on account of the abominations done in the land. And so in this chapter, there's a pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ, a pointing to him who has been given the tongue of the learned, who through his experience here below, he knoweth our frame. He is that great high priest, one who is able to do just what we have here, to speak a word in season to him that is weary. And we have in verses 5 and 6 a direct reference to the sufferings of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that he was not rebellious, he didn't turn back, he gave his back to the smiters, the same uh, that's spoken of in Psalm 29, the plowers they ploughed upon my back, they made deep their furrows, the same as what the Lord Jesus endured when he was scourged by Pilate's soldiers before that he was crucified, and how that he was mocked, my cheeks Uh, gave my back to the smiters, my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting, and testifying then that the Lord would help him. It is a blessed thing where we see uh, the intimations of the coming of the Lord, of his sufferings, of his death, what he should accomplish, and uh, surrounding that are these encouragements and blessings and the work of our Lord in these gospel days to speak to those that are weary. And the chapter, it it ends with a real comparison in verse 10. Those that fear the Lord and obey his voice, we would think if that was the case, everything would be fine. They would be walking in light and not in darkness, but He puts here that walketh in darkness and hath no light may be with you this morning to fear the Lord and yet you're walking in darkness. You sought to walk in his ways and do that which is right. Yet everything seems black. Everything's discouraging. Everything seems contrary. And yet we have here in verse 10, let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. May this be a word to one of us this morning. Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. Have you been ready to give over to to doubts and to fears and to say the Lord doesn't care, he doesn't notice, he is not appearing for you? Well, the word here, verse 10, gives a, a direct direction And then there's a solemn warning as the chapter closes. It's a people that make their own fire, own light of their own kindling and walk in that light. Solemn thing, isn't it? That man can imitate God's work. Man can encourage himself and give himself light and warmth and heat and take that as if that was going to get him to heaven or the chapter closes this shall ye have in mine hand ye shall lie down in sorrow and so this morning it is those that cannot help themselves those that are weary those that are knowing those seasons that seem so 
opposite, so discouraging, so dark. This is the word, this is the message uh, for this morning. It flows forth from what our Lord has accomplished and it is a message for the Church of God today. When the word of God is preached, we are to know that there is a word in season and the Lord, he knows, he knows how to give that word in season and especially to those that are weary. I want to then look at three points this morning with the Lord's help. Firstly, a word from one who knows how to speak. A word from one who knows how to speak. And then secondly, a word to him, to him that is weary. And then lastly, a word in season. Our text reads, The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning, he wakeneth mine ear to hear as the learned. So firstly, a word from one who knows how to speak. I want to make this very clear at the beginning that in these gospel days, the word that we are to expect from the Lord and that he will speak to us by is the holy, infallible word of God. We're not looking for fresh Revelation, we're looking for the word that is preached, the command to us who preach the word is to preach the word and that that word is to be the word that comforts the people of God. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people. It is that word that is to feed them. Feed my sheep, feed my lambs was the Lord's commission to Peter. And so we're not just looking at the letters that are in red in the New Testament in some Bibles, we're not restricting it and saying, well, it must be some uh, special extra revelation from heaven, but it is the Holy Spirit receiving of the Lord Jesus Christ and speaking of that word unto us. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of them that published it. And so we would remember that, that in this sacred and holy book, there is that that is sufficient, completely sufficient for every season that a child of God will come into and for every time. And the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the one that knows his people intimately and he knows exactly how to speak to them and what to speak to them. Sometimes with us it's better that we keep silent than it is to speak. And sometimes the Lord is silent to his people. Sometimes we make mistakes when we speak, and we speak that which is wrong or not suitable, and we don't realise what someone has been going through, and we say completely the wrong thing to them. 
Well, that can never be with the Lord Jesus Christ. We have here uh, those things that he uh, was taught and was shown and knew by personal experience here below as a man, God and man in one. Those things that he learned through sufferings, through his death, through that which he went through, through his temptations by Satan, through his interaction with his dear disciples. All of those things we know and we are assured of here that in our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ there is one who knows how to speak. How the psalmist cried out, Be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. You think of dear Samuel when the Lord first appeared to him and revealed himself to him. The word that Eli gave him to speak was, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. We'll be reminded of our Lord's words in John 10, the very mark of one of his sheep, one of his people. My sheep, they hear my voice and they follow me. And what is before us here is not just his voice, but the timing of his voice, how he speaks, when he speaks, the suitability of the word. And that is what I want to impress upon us this morning. When the Lord brings his word through his servants, when the word is blessed to us as we read it, then how suitable that word is, how applicable it is to our state and our case. Is not missing the mark, is doing exactly what is intended. If we think of even in a natural way with a physician, with a doctor, and if he's going to apply a treatment, it must be the right treatment, in the right place, in the right way, in the right dose. And it's not just the treatment that is being given, but what makes it effectual is all of these other things. And so again, with the word of God, what makes the word effectual? And the Lord has said, My word shall not return unto me void. It shall accomplish the thing whereto I sent it. Throughout the scriptures, we have many times that the Lord spoke to his prophets, spoke to his people. And you can't take some of those words from one occasion and to put them in another occasion and they be of any meaning, of there being any use. And uh, if we think of the word of the Lord coming to Elijah upon Mount Carmel and the watching for the answer to his prayer to sending rain, well, that was suiting the case because uh, for three and a half years there had been no rain and Elijah had been told that there would not be rain apart from his word. And that word the Lord gave, and Elijah had to wait for that word. But if it was a season when they'd had no famine and rain had been constant, what would have been the the need of waiting for the rain and waiting upon the Lord at that time? And so we see how vital the timing is. 
When we think of the uh, distress that David was in when he was before the Philistines and they recognised him as David that had killed Goliath and he made out that he was mad. We have Psalm 34. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his distresses, all his troubles. And we have the word that is suited to the case that the people of God are in at that particular time. And it is the Lord. We are to trace it to the Lord. Thou God seest me, thou knowest me, thou knowest where I am, and thou hast sent thy word. Have we known those times of directing to hear a particular service or special service or coming to the house of God, much prayer and heavy hearts and we find that the word is just for you. It's so suited. It's just what you want. And with that, there is that sweet token, the Lord knoweth the way that you take. And therefore he has brought the word uh, to uh, meet your case and to uh, come where you are and to be a blessing to you. So a word, a word from one who knows how to speak. The Lord knows how to speak. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. So secondly, a word to him that is weary. Now I don't want to limit this in a spiritual way. Many times God's dear children will be weary in a natural way. Their bodies will feel very very weary, very tired, very heavy, struggle to listen to the service and and, and they need the Lord to speak a word to to them, to them that are weary. They're not always so we're lively, encouraged and ready to hear the word. Sometimes we are very weary and the Lord knows how to speak to such a one. But then it is in a spiritual sense as well, weary, those that have been labouring, those it may be that uh, have been brought to feel that this world is but vanity and vexation of spirit, weary, they're weary of it, weary of the vanities, weary of Satan's temptations, weary of the path that they are walking, very discouraged, very disheartened, very weary. And the Lord has a word to him that is weary. We especially uh, think of the beautiful word that is in the end of Matthew 11. Our Lord speaks these words, Come, come unto me, all ye that labour, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, 
for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We sung in our first hymn of the, the dove who'd been going backwards and forwards, found no rest, no place for the sole of her foot, and so she returned to the ark. And you know, this world is like that. There's no resting place for the people of God. There's nothing that satisfies a living soul. But there is in the word of God, and there is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he knows how to speak to such, to lift their spirits, to strengthen them again. We read in Psalm 84, They shall go from strength to strength, every one in Zion shall appear before God. And that's not going stronger and stronger and stronger, it's using the strength that is given, and then weary, falling down, having no strength left, and the Lord revives it, gives it again, strengthens them again. And in that way, they are strengthened by the word of the Lord. A word to him that is weary. One that has no might. One that has no strength in himself. Whether inwardly, spiritually, whether it be his poor mind is wearied, or poor body is, or poor soul. Those closing verses of Isaiah 50, those that fear the Lord, obey the voice of his Lord, but yet they walk in darkness and have no light. Those that are in Psalms 42 and 43, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? The apostle says, The Lord is a schoolmaster unto Christ. And there are those that quicken to a sense of their need and under condemnation will try and try to obey the law, try and save themselves, make themselves better, Walk holy, live holy lives. It is right that we should desire this, but not, not with the thought, this shall be my title for heaven. The desire and seeking after holiness is a fruit and it arises from the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is the gospel that puts a stop to the running hither and thither and a labouring to bring forth that which shall satisfy a holy, holy God. It must be from the Lord to be able to assure that soul it is finished, it is done. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Not when I see your works, not when I see your own filthy rags of righteousness, but see my own righteousness. See you trusting, not in those sparks of your kindling, but in my work. And it is in that way that the Lord has a word to those that are weary. The work that the Lord Jesus Christ has done 
upon Calvary is a work that you and I can never do, is a payment that we can never pay, his life a righteousness that we can never attain to, is done for us. And the Lord has this message then for those who are seeking that way and seeking to attain it and all that is resulted in is that their strength is brought down and brought down to nothing. He brought my strength down and the Lord does that. He does that in mercy, in kindness. Remember Gideon? Gideon, the Lord raised up to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Midianites. But the Lord said his army was too big. Why was it too big? Because if he had obtained the victory, he would have said it was because of me and because of my army. So the Lord reduced it, reduced it right down to 300 men and then took away, as it were, their armors, gave them empty pitchers, gave them lamps in the pitchers, gave them trumpets to blow. And the Lord wrought a victory for Israel that day. It is that no, no man might glory in his presence, that no flesh Salvation is of the Lord and we must have that proved to us and that which does appear for us and deliver us as the Lord has taught us our weakness, our insufficiency to save ourselves is the word of the gospel to one that is weary, to point them to the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, to point them to him that laid down his life and took it again, who shed his precious blood, the blood of the everlasting covenant, point to him who is lifted up. The Lord said, In I, if I be lifted up above the earth, would draw all men unto me. Dear soul, if you are weary physically, mentally, seeking that help and strength from the Lord. The Lord has a word for those that are weary. And that word is in his beloved Son and in his finished work. He has the whole of his word at his command to bring to your remembrance through his Spirit, to direct his servants to speak that word, to apply it and make it a suitable balm for a soul, to raise him up and to strengthen him again. A word to him that is weary. The Lord knows your weariness. Maybe in providence and in all that's happening at home, in a job, in the church, caring for one another, afflictions, you feel just so weary and yet the Lord has his word to them. What a blessing that we could find in the holy word of God a condition just like ours that just describes our condition and that same word it tells us that the Lord should speak a word in season to him that is weary. I want to then look lastly 
at a word in season. A word in season. Yes, dear friends, there are seasons in a spiritual way. We know in Genesis the Lord gave the beautiful promise after the flood that in all the seasons they should not fail throughout the world. And we have the seasons. We have had our summer. We are entering here into autumn and then there shall come winter and then spring again. And we are used to the idea of seasons and that nothing can change that. You can't uh, get a winter season and suddenly make it summer. It, It is one of the ordinances of God and it is a reminder to us of those appointed seasons not just in nature but spiritually as well and this is why we we read in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 where the chapter begins to everything there is a season doesn't leave any doubt does it to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. And it begins with the, the time to be born, and then a time to die. And we have that long list that we read together. And we are to remember this. Sometimes we, we forget that there are seasons, and it should really help us if we start in a natural way through winter and you think how everything is cold and dark and heavy. But if we remember that, well, as we may be given patience and endurance, that season will soon change and springtime shall come. We notice it, of course, so with, with the nighttime and daytime. They follow one after another and we are to remember this. The Lord has set these, uh, the day of adversity against the day of prosperity. And these two, one over against the other. Why so man shall not find anything after him? These seasons are appointed by uh, God. Now, thinking of the word here, and especially the word being preached. Paul had a special word for Timothy when he wrote to him, 2 Timothy 4 and verse 2, and it was that he should preach the word and that he should be instant in season and out of season. As I meditated upon that and I thought upon that and I thought really how how unique is the path of a minister he can't say I am feeling low and dark today I'm not going to preach today I'm going to stay at home he must still preach then however dark he is however troubled however despondent however far off Whatever is the season, whether it is of affliction, of course some afflictions mean that we cannot possibly preach, but afflictions in the family, 
afflictions amongst loved ones, and we're still to preach. And the Lord uses those things that we pass through in the ministry for his people. William Huntington, who was born not many miles, well, just a mile or two from us here in Cranbrook, and who built the uh, chapel, Providence, over Beeman's warehouse, just half a quarter of a mile away up the road. William Huntington, he had a time that he was very low, very despondent, very tried in his mind, and he still preached. But what he was amazed was that the people seemed to get on very well. They were helped spiritually. They were encouraged by his word. But the Lord had brought him down to their level. He brought him into trouble, into darkness, into trials. And he spoke of those things. And he brought forth the word of God that was good to his soul and what he needed. And that's what was doing the people good. And so when we have that a word to speak in season to him that is weary, the Lord's servants are told, whatever the season is with you, you are to preach the word. And that should be an encouragement to all that hear the Lord's servants preach. To remember, if it comes where they are, the Lord has brought those things on his servants, brought them into that path so they can speak the word and bring the word, bring that part of the word to the hearers. I wonder if we've ever considered how is it that, why does a minister choose one text and not another? Why is he guided to one part of the word rather than the other? Well, if we're lively and we are walking in the ways of the Lord, then where the Lord brings us, that is where we will take that word and bring it to the people. The Lord knows how to do that. A word in season. Well, we've already considered the uh, season of weariness for the people of God, a word for that season. I want to bring a word of really a, a, a warning. And this is, it comes from when Paul was speaking uh, before his uh, accusers or before those um, in the Roman court. We have in Acts and chapter 24 and verse 25, we have Paul reasoning of the things of God before Felix and his wife Drusilla. And we read that as he reasoned, of righteousness, temperance and judgment to come. Felix, who is the governor, Felix, trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time when I have a convenient season. I will call for thee. And the word of warning really is this. Do not wait for what you consider to be a convenient season to hear the word of the Lord. Because now is the day of salvation, now is the time that the gospel is being preached, and if you were to say, well, I've got to wait until I feel like I need the word and then I'll go and hear it, 
If the preacher is to preach instant in season and out of season, then also the hearers are to come regularly to hear the word of God. You know, Paul here was speaking to those that really were just after temporal things, not spiritual things, and yet they trembled when spiritual things were set before them. May we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and not be seeking after temporal things, things that so soon shall just pass away. A convenient season. What judge do we think we are is what a convenient season is. It's a blessed thing if we can regularly gather together to hear. You know, with Thomas, when the disciples were in the upper room the first time, the first day of the week, Thomas wasn't there. And the Lord came and Thomas had to wait another week before he saw the Lord. May it be that we are not like Felix, that is just saying, well, uh, no, we, we don't want to hear the word today or, or not another day. is not a convenient season. We may never have that convenient season. May we be on the other side like Moses who, who chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now very often those two things go together. The pleasures of sin will either take away the ear for desire for the word of God or the word of God shall take away our desire for the empty sinful pleasures of this life. Our life is but a vapour, a season that shall soon pass away. We've only been reminded of that in, in this last week with one of our neighbours that uh, we are the first to have to answer uh, when they have a fall and a couple of falls and in the early hours and then taken into hospital, never expected, but he never came out and very, very quickly, very quickly taken. And uh, what a solemn reminder it is for us each. And yet the season then is, is, is gone. The many times that the exhortation was to read the word of God and to seek first the kingdom of heaven. And now that season is gone. No more can he hear that word. No more is the opportunity to seek and to be saved. And so may we think of seasons May we really beware of walking that path of Felix and we just think, well, it's not convenient now. But what if we are walking in the ways of the Lord and then we come and we have the path of 
trial and affliction. Peter, in his first epistle, he speaks of a necessity, a needs be of heaviness, wherein that is the salvation, he says, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now, for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. We don't often think, do we, if we've got a good hope through grace, a hope beyond the grave, that we should come into a season of great heaviness and the reason for it is because of many different temptations but he says and may this be a word in season to you that are in trials that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth though it be tried with fire might be found unto praise and honour and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ and it is receiving the end of your faith even the salvation of your souls a word in season those that have a season of needful heaviness and trials we have another case in the word of God where there was a man called Philemon and he had a slave or servant that was called Onesimus and he ran away. He ran away to Rome and he ran away and he came into Paul's company, the Apostle Paul. And Paul, he knew Philemon. But the Lord used, used Paul for Philemon's conversion. And Paul then sends him back to his master and entreats his master that he receive him now not as a servant but above a servant, a brother beloved. And he says to him, he says, for perhaps he therefore departed for a season that thou shouldest receive him forever, not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved. And we have this little picture, the apostle, looking at this very sad, trying providence, especially for Philemon, that his servant should go away like that. But then he says, maybe it was, there was a need, needs be that he went away. There's something the Lord was doing. Something that had to be done while he was away. You think of our Lord speaking of the necessity to his dear disciples of going away. It's needful that I go away. If I go not away, the Holy Spirit shall not come unto you. But if I go away, I pray the Father and he will give you another comforter which shall abide with you forever. The disciples understood that. When they saw the Lord ascend up into heaven, they returned to Jerusalem with joy, great joy, because they knew there was a reason, a reason for the parting, a reason for them to, to go away. And so a season, 
a season when there may be that needs parting and separation and the Lord is doing things during that time. The Apostle gives an encouragement to uh, the Lord's people in Galatia and he speaks to them encouraging them to walk in the ways of the Lord and to abhor sin and to flee from sin and the ways of sin. And he says that, uh, that in due time we shall reap if we faint not. We're not to be weary in well-doing. And so there is that waiting, waiting for a season of prosperity, a season of reaping, of blessing. So often we can be very impatient. The children of Israel were like this. They turned to the Lord and then they wanted immediately to see that the Lord's blessing was upon them. And when it wasn't, then they were going to turn back. And we can be like that. Instead of walking in the ways of the Lord, realising how far we have sinned, perhaps for many, many years, and to then patiently walk in the revealed will of God, we walk a little way, and then we want to see results. We want to see the Lord's immediate blessing. And if we don't, then we give up. But this is a word in season, that there should be a season of reaping, if we faint not, to continue and to not faint. In the book of Psalms, we are told of a set time, a set season, to favour Zion, to favour the Church of God. In Psalm 102 and verse 13, Thou shalt, have, shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion, for the time to favour her, yea, the set time is come. There are those set times of refreshing from on high. Those times when the Lord has ordained shall be times of, of blessing, of liberty, of joy. Ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. A word then that is a word in season. And I come back to what I have mentioned before. It's not just the word that makes the blessing. It's how suitable it was. How it matched the season. How it came where we were. How it assured us that the Lord knew what we were in. What we were walking through. What was the state of our mind and of our soul. And he sent his word, sent it so suitably, so blessedly to us. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning, he wakeneth mine ear to hear as the learned. The Lord knows, he is learned, he does know how to speak 
and to speak to his people exactly what they need. He sent his word and healed them. May the Lord add his blessing. Amen.